You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Utes podcast. A lot to get to here on this Friday edition of the show. The regular season is coming down to the wire, Brian. Got to talk about the running Utes taking on Arizona State. A game that's been postponed multiple times. They'll finally finish off the season against one another. That'll be happening tomorrow. We'll preview that game. We also need to get back to our questions that we did not answer yesterday from our Twitter Thursday segment. Still plenty of questions left over that we'll touch on as well. What else are we going to cover on today's show, Brian? We're going to give you the rundown for what the calendar is for this coming weekend. As we've mentioned before, this spring is filled with Utah athletics, so you can wet your beak even if basketball or baseball or lacrosse or volleyball ain't your thing. Yeah, we got it all for you guys. We're going to have a lot of fun. So without further ado, let's get to it. This is the Locked on Utes podcast for March 5th, 2021. Into the Locked On Utes podcast. I'm Jay Catch. That is Brian Brown, the brown bear in the chair himself. He is the real reason why people come to this podcast. I'm just along for the ride, but we are having a lot of fun here on a Friday. Brian, uh, I think what we need to do right off the top here is we need to acknowledge all the people who have been supporting this podcast. We've seen a, a pretty big jump in the past couple of weeks of download numbers. We got a little bit of a shout out from the Locked On Podcast Network last weekend uh, due to our uptick in terms of downloads. So thank you to all of you who are supporting the show. If you're new to the show, welcome on in. Hit that follow or subscribe button and make sure you join us every single day because we want to be that avenue that lets you hear your your Utah sports talk, your Utes talk every day on demand. Thank you to everyone. We appreciate you coming along with us for the ride, even though Jake and I sometimes drive the car. A lot of it is just the passengers that ride along with us. And so we're extremely grateful for you all for giving us five-star reviews on the Apple podcast platform and for leaving us clever, insightful, interesting reviews, things like as I forget to pull this up and have to kill time magically as I'm about to read a review uh, rating from Tiguin19, who says, the place for all Utah youth sports, great place to get caught up on all Utah sports each day. Hosts present a lot of content for each sport, although football and basketball are the emphasis. Well, that's our goal right there. We want you guys to be smart Utah fans, but let's be clear. There are two sports that dominate the others in terms of their popularity, and that is Utah football and Utah men's basketball, the running Utes. So plenty to talk about. And let's start off on the basketball front here on a Friday. Brian, the regular season finale is upon us. It seems like this season both lasted a really long time and also flew by in in different ways for me you may have a different take on this but they're finishing off the season and they do so tomorrow as they take on the Arizona State Sun Devils yeah and it's a noon noon tip so bright and early if you feel like maybe getting up and cooking some breakfast going for a walk getting your day started off right so that way if you do decide to watch you are prepared for whatever might happen uh, with the running Utes, because Jake, truly at this point, I have no clue what's going to happen on Saturday. <laughs> I have tried to, well, okay. 
I have given up on trying to predict how these games are going to go for Utah this year because they go and upset the likes of USC, and then you follow that up with a loss to Oregon State. It's just it's been a season of massive highs, I feel like, and really low lows. I'm with you. It's hard to predict what we're going to see at the Huntsman Center tomorrow. But, yes, yeah, a noon Mountain Time kickoff on Fox Sports 1. So a nice platform here for two uh, programs very much in the same, uh, I feel like, zip code, area code of where they sit currently in the Pac-12. Arizona State comes into this game 10-12, and 7-9 in conference play, but we do need to note they have won three straight games coming into this matchup. As you mentioned, Utah, well, they're sitting at 10-12, and 7-11 in conference play, losers of four of their last five. So I feel like there's a little momentum on ASU's side, but they do have to go on the road for this matchup. Yeah, and and actually those those three straight uh, coming into the game against Colorado, which they did drop on the road. As we've seen, that Rocky Mountain road swing has has tripped up a lot of teams. But this is still an Arizona State team that is playing with some momentum, with some confidence. We talked before the show about is Remy Martin going to tear out the hearts of Utah fans for one final hurrah? And he seems to have really found his groove with his team finally being able to play consistently together. And, of course, you're going to be able to watch the antics of Bobby Hurley on the sideline. But this game does actually have some relevancy in terms of the standings where the Pac-12 decided to seed teams based on win percentage and not actual wins and losses. And so it would give Utah, in theory, a better win percentage overall than the the Sun Devils if they win the game. And so technically Utah could sneak into the seventh seed. They could also drop way way far so it's anybody's anybody's game at this point in time it looks like oregon state has has climbed up into that sixth seed um comfortably it'll be interesting to see what happens with them uh i believe going to colorado maybe i'm wrong yeah regardless though this is going to be interesting remy martin's one of those guys you feel like he's been playing in college for what a decade at this point but He's having a fantastic year, folks. 21.3 points per game on average across 19 games played this year. Guy can really fill it up. Josh Christopher and Alonzo Verge Jr., uh, they are also his backcourt running mates. They're all averaging double-digit points. I, I I am interested to see how Utah defends the perimeter in this game because it's going to be uh, need to be an emphasis for Utah if they want to win this game. Uh, you got to slow down Remy Martin, but there are plenty of other options for ASU with regards to their offensive prowess. And this is a game that I think Utah should try and capitalize on on their ability to score at the rim mm-hmm. as best they possibly can. I, this this Sun Devils team does not seem to have the same kind of presence that other teams in the Pac-12 have in the front court. And so I think there should be opportunity to take advantage of that. Once again, will Utah do it? Hard to say, right? We, we've seen multiple teams show up this year, and so the hope always is that the one that wants to win shows up. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and the biggest thing I think for this game is is the hope that if you're the Utes, that you can pick up some momentum from this going into the Pac-12 conference, uh, the the conference tournament next week. And 
I feel like I'm a broken record. Keep talking about this. Like you guys need to pick up some momentum. You need to get some momentum going into it. Well, you've got one more opportunity here to do it. So the hope is, yes, that Utah can go out, let their fans have a feel-good moment in the regular season finale, and then head off to Las Vegas with some of that momentum. But going back to our original point here, Brian, I just have no clue on how this is ultimately going to shake out because it just feels like every time I have thought that something's going to happen for Utah, it feels like something opposite happens for them. That's exactly what I was going to say, Jake. My, my hunch would be that Utah probably doesn't win this game. And so now officially putting it on record here on the podcast, they're probably going to win, right? But maybe I just reverse changed them. That's how confused I am over this Utah team this year. They have the potential. They have the talent to do it. I don't think we'll see Ryland Jones, but we did see Mickey Anchin and come back in the lineup and, and give them a little bit of a boost. It'll be interesting to see how much they can improve on the late game turnovers if it is a close game. I think that's been the absolute Achilles heel of this team. And at this point, I wonder if it's really all like, you know, physical as much as it is mental. You know what I mean? There is a big debate on that front. Yeah. How much those two things play into this, but we will just have to wait and see what happens out there on the court. I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, it's a big opportunity to finish off the season with a flourish, get some of that momentum going into going to Las Vegas next week. But yeah, we'll just sit back and watch. We'll be watching that game tomorrow. Uh, coming up here momentarily, though, we do need to answer some more of your guys' questions, our listeners. they sent You guys sent them in yesterday for our hashtag Twitter Thursday edition of the podcast. Well, we didn't get to all of them. We'll answer more of those here momentarily. Before we do that, though, let's take a minute and talk about our friends at Bet Online, Brian. You and I... We've been checking out this website. Uh, it's been a fun, fun venture. I have been a guy who's always been curious about the sports betting world. Uh, didn't necessarily know how to go about getting into it, but guess what? Bet Online has made it extremely easy, and I have to say, I'm really enjoying my experience with Bet Online. You and me both, Jake, and we've talked a little bit about how I've tried the experimental route. I'm going back to basics now. I'm going to be working over the 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 FCS aspect of bet online and that's the great part of bet online right there are multiple areas where you can go ahead and place your bets multiple opportunities for you to make money and with the 50% welcome bonus, you can experiment like me. Absolutely. Yeah, 50% welcome bonus. It's free to sign up for your account at betonline.ag. And like Brian mentioned, that 50% welcome bonus, the way you go about taking advantage of that is using the promo code locked on at betonline.ag. Whatever you deposit, 10 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever it is, you'll get 50% of that added into your account courtesy of our friends at BetOnline. It's a great way, like Brian said, to Give things a shot. Try out the betting world. See if it's for you. Do it with our friends at Bet Online. They are your online sportsbook experts. All right, folks, I want to remind you guys to check out the Locked On Today podcast. You will find today on that that Big Ben is back in yellow and black playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is that a good thing for the Steelers? Well, Peter Bukowski is going to debate that. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today, today, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, let's get back to answering our listeners' questions. This is actually one of my favorite things to do as a podcaster, letting people program the show because guess what it makes my life easy <laughs> i like that it gets me outside of my own head for a little bit and 
and gives me a preview of what other people are thinking about. And also it's easy. <laughs> it is, but we're having a lot of fun. And thanks to all of you who have submitted those questions. Let's start off. And of course we answered a number of these yesterday, but we did not get to all of them. So we're kind of just continuing on from what we did on a Twitter Thursday yesterday. Let's get to Utah man. Am I at red SLC 1012? He puts out a question here. He's got a few of them on his tweets. His first thing, Rumors of news on when we will see what the inside of the new south end zone will look like, locker rooms, etc. I find it odd they have not released anything. Brian? It's a good question. I think uh, as I have a source within some of the uh, companies that are working on that uh, expansion project, I believe what he's looking for is a digital recreation of what the locker rooms are supposed to look like. They usually do those. Uh, from what I was told that when the pandemic hit, it, it did away with a lot of that kind of stuff because so many of the architectural firms and whatnot are working remotely. If you do want to see what the schematics and the, and the floor plan and everything like that look like in terms of actual plans, you can go to the facilities and operations website at the university of Utah, uh, website, and it'll have it there. Um, and if, if you pester me enough, I might actually post a link on my Twitter page. Who knows? Look at that. There you go, at Brown Bear SLC. I'm actually excited to see this. They're calling it the Ken Garf Performance Zone. Of course, the Garf family donated a significant amount of money to help get this project off the ground. It was obvious that that, needed, that south end zone needed to be upgraded. The locker room facilities were just atrocious, and they, they needed to get that taken care of. I'm looking forward to it. Based on everything I have heard about that, and you know more about this than I do, Brian, but based on my conversations with people, it's going to be a pretty awesome addition to the experience at Rice Eccles Stadium. And a lot of it may not be stuff that fans themselves get to take advantage of, but with regards to just the team facilities, all that type of stuff, it's going to be a first-class facility. It, it should be, and, and th- it was much needed for the University of Utah. They'd fallen behind the regular curve in terms of having areas for recruits to assemble and, and mingle and, and places and, and good facilities in the actual stadium. It mm-hmm. was somewhat embarrassing when, as the Salt Lake Stallions, we had to tell our visiting teams that the locker room that they were staying in was, was probably from the 1980s and <laughs> Even when there was such a terrible stadium in Birmingham that they were playing in, the locker rooms there were better. So much needed. It, it will be a, uh, a beautiful upgrade, and I'm sure that they'll allow people to go take tours, uh, assuming that things go according to the plan with the pandemic this summer when they do finally cut the ribbon. Yeah, looking forward to that. He also had another question here, Brian, and this is one that I think that it's it's such so hard to track this, but he asked, the Utes have one initial left with the linebacks, linebacker signee opting out. Where do they use that? Um, and, man, I was under the impression that they still have – they were out of initial counts. Uh, there's 25, obviously, with NCAA rules. It's it's Veltre. Is it uh, – Veltre Jefferson, Jefferson. Jefferson. He's the one that opted out or not opted out, but he was released from his scholarship agreement with Utah. And that's where the, the, apparently that one initial count comes from. But what's the status on that? It's kind of up in the air right now. I think what the university of Utah is, is that they're saving that initial um, uh, initials do not carry over, but they have options on what they can use it for. Brandon Cahill is an option, for example, if they do, don't want to use a push forward on him, uh, they could use the initial on one of the incoming recruits. I, my hunch and my thought is that they are 
actively looking through the transfer portal and or waiting to see what might come into the transfer portal after spring ball is finished to see if they could use the initial there. That would be probably the most, you know, uh, useful use of it. I am not 100% certain, but I believe you can carry over two or three initials from year to year. I may be wrong on that though. So I I'm not entirely clear on that rule. One of these days I'll get it figured out, but um, even so, Utah has has typically tried to leave themselves a little small margin. Kyle Whittingham's usually talked about putting two to three scholarships in his back pocket in case they need them. Uh, I think this year it's it'll be the initial, especially if they happen to lose somebody through the transfer portal on, on unexpectedly after spring ball. Yeah. So and that's the funny thing is uh, so there's a question here from Husker Ute at Stretchy Ute. He asked the question: Any chance we can get a Pledger quality wide receiver transfer? Speaking of TJ Pledger, who's coming in from Oklahoma, uh, Brian. Funny enough, I had a conversation with a with a prominent media member who works in this market. And we actually got on the topic of what Utah might do with regards to the wide receiver position. And he was having some conversations with some people at the Utah football program. And it is apparent that the coaching staff is very intent on after spring ball, after across the country kind of wraps up, you're going to see another crop of guys enter the NCAA transfer portal. And that's when it apparently Utah will look to strike and try and find maybe one or two transfers, especially in the wide receiver position to come in and hopefully bolster Utah's wide receiving core. Absolutely. There are a few options in the portal right now. Theo Howard from Oklahoma is one, Mm -hmm. but I don't think that Utah would pursue any of these options necessarily. In the past, what Utah has, has kind of tried to go after is players that they've had a relationship with previously. Jaquindon Jackson, for example, was a guy that they offered and recruited out of high school, and mm-hmm. that tends to be the marker for it. Now, obviously, they, they do an excellent job of evaluating every player that goes into the portal and, and getting into contact with them, uh, but we will likely hear more of that as we see more players enter into the portal, and I expect a lot more to get in there. All right, and that brings us to the Jaquindon Jackson you- – you bring him up, that actually filters into our next question. It's our final question here from Red SLC 1012. He says, does JQJ, a.k.a. Jaquindon Jackson, have a legitimate shot to start at quarterback, or is it down to the competition between Brewer and CR7? I Some of these things are hard to make judgments right now because we haven't had any kind of action in spring ball. The early reports from, from JQJ or excuse me, from sources close to the program, is that he's really impressed the coaching staff. All they've been doing is running in shorts. So a guy who's 6'3", 240, and runs a 4'5", 40, gee, no kidding. Yeah, he, he might looks, be impressive. He looks the part. Yeah, huh, <laughs> weird. What a shocker. And if you frequent the boards over at UDZone.com, you've probably seen a few of the pictures where he looks like an incredible athlete, and that's what he is. Uh, I would not expect him to immediately compete for the starting job. My hunch would be that they would develop a package for him to where he could be uh, kind of a a change of pace or a wildcat style quarterback, more their running package. If they wanted to do something like that, Uh, the rumor, the early word on the street is that the damage to Cam Rising's shoulder was a lot less substantial than they expected. They do expect him to recover fully. You and I have talked a lot about how the similarities between his injury and, and Zach Wilson's are very, very evident. And so I've tried to temper expectations with that. The reason that I have kind of gleaned for bringing in Charlie Brewer was the experience factor, stability, leadership. And I've also been told that Brewer has a 
running background. I, I wouldn't call him necessarily a running quarterback, but he has the ability to run different from Jake Bentley, right? Jake yeah. Bentley was an athletic quarterback who could run when needed. I've been told that Charlie Brewer is a, guy, a quarterback who can run in the run game. That's something that Utah has absolutely been dying to have for a long time. They have three quarterbacks now in, in the room that can all do that. Kyle Whittingham has sent, mentioned over and over again how hard it is to scheme against that if you're a defense. And, and so I think that's part of the reason why he falls in love with it so much. Yeah, it will be interesting, and I, I'm with you. It's hard to really handicap this quarterback battle just simply due to the fact we just have a lack of seeing anybody do anything or having any significant workouts, I guess, is, is what we're looking for. Uh, I am interested. Charlie Brewer it did some great things at Baylor. I think that Cam Rising, despite him playing, what was it, less than a quarter of football, showed some very special things for Utah. And if he's healthy, he'd be an interesting option. And also, yeah, you mentioned Jaquindon Jackson. That dude looks every bit the part of a star quarterback that you want. Like, just gets off the bus, and you're like, that's a dude right there. So it will be interesting to see what shakes out on that front. All right, Brian, we got time for one more question here, and it comes in from Rhino at RK Davidson. 13. Uh, he asked the question, would the running Utes consider Timmy Allen's brother as a transfer if there were room on the roster? And of course, Timmy Allen's brother is Teddy Allen. I believe he uh, just left Nebraska and that has been his second stop in his collegiate career, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Third stop, actually. Third. I was just researching that too. We were discussing that earlier. Um, but the issue with Teddy Allen is that there is a wrist injury that as I've read up on it, I, I have not heard anything in connection with Teddy Allen and, and the Utah basketball program. I, I want to be clear about that one. Uh, it would make sense, right? Oh yeah. Uh, he's connection. had a very mercurial career in college basketball with multiple transfers. He was at West Virginia at one point. He was the leading scorer for the Huskers for a little bit there. And then he left. Um, there wasn't really a, an actual reason given necessarily uh, but it, I, I think probably what that question comes down to, and, and maybe you might have, uh, you know, an opinion on this too, Jake, is that it, it probably just depends on how desperate Utah is when it comes to the off season to get players into the program and get the guys who can make an immediate impact. I, I think that's really the, the, you know, the, the deciding factor was something like that. So is he going to be worth the headaches and the hassles? Will Timmy actually be a good influence? Cause the, the, the thought process is always that, you know, Oh, his brother's here. That'll be a good influence. Right. In That's theory, not always the case in yeah. theory. Yes. In theory. Yes. But okay. There's one thing that Utah could use and it's guys who can get buckets and well, and Teddy Allen has proven at the college level, he can get buckets. You, you don't lead a power five program and scoring it without the ability to, to, to get the ball in the hoop. I'm with you, though. You have to weigh that. And, of course, we don't know what's going to happen in the offseason with regards to transfers, et cetera, with this running Utes hoops program. There's still so much left unanswered right now, and I really do think it's going to be – it's it's something worth visiting if you're Larry Kriskoviak, but there are so many factors in play here. I couldn't even begin to prognosticate what ultimately may shake out. 100%. And I think – Really what we need to do is we need to get through the tournament and see where this team lands, how they perform there. If they do manage to win a couple games and, and finish on a high note, I think that would speak much more favorably on, on Mark Harlan's part in terms of maybe keeping Larry Kriskoviak. We've talked a million times about you know the financial implications of doing that versus yeah. letting him go and everything like that. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about it again when the offseason rolls around, um, but – 
you know, it, it is a tough one right now to, to, to project. And, and he does come with baggage. You know, it started out at Wichita State, left there because of domestic incident, went to West Virginia, wasn't able to uh, coexist with Huggy Bear out there and, and then went to Nebraska. And, and, you know, if you can't win or can't hang with the mayor, and, and if it is an injury situation, uh, there was, like I said, there was rumor of the wrist, but if you can't get along with the mayor, that's you know that's a big red flag for a character. Yeah, you'd think that you you'd want to really look into that in that circumstance. But yeah, we'll have to w- just kind of sit back and wait and see on that front. Cannot thank you all enough for sending in those questions. It is so much fun to have you guys help us out and kind of give us a feel of what you guys want to hear about because. As we said in the open of this segment, it makes our lives a little bit easier. I, I, I freely admit that on this podcast, but we have a ton of fun with it. And thanks to all of you. We'll do it again next week, Twitter Thursday. You can send in your questions anytime, by the way, at Locked On Utes on Twitter, at Brown Bear SLC, at Jacob C. Hatch, or you can email the show anytime. Locked On Utes at gmail.com is the email address. All right, Brian, uh, let's run down the weekend schedule ahead for Utah Sports. Also, got some interesting. Uh, news coming yesterday with regards to the football staff. Uh, we, do we call it a promotion? I think we call it a promotion, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so we need to talk about that. We'll get to all that ahead right here on the Locked On Utes podcast. All right, Brian, it is the weekend. It is upon us, but we still have a little bit of time here to talk about what's going to happen this weekend. But let's start off with some news that we got yesterday. And I guess... Let me be the first to say congratulations to Adam Fry. He has been promoted to the director of football operations for the Utah football program. Um, Of course, the off the field staff in any football program is a critical backbone to what, to any success that you have. Uh, Kyle Whittingham, he understands that as well as anybody. Jeff Rudy, who we've talked about on this podcast recently, is as critical to the success of the Utah football program as almost anybody out there. Well, Adam Fry, he's no stranger if you really know the Utah football program, and now he's getting a pretty big upgrade in terms of his responsibilities. Absolutely. Been with the program since 2013 in a variety of roles. Started out as an administrative assistant and then moved into more executive role for 2014-2015. Uh, you know, worked with the linebackers uh, as an administrative assistant and worked with the recruiting operations as an assistant. And then it was also uh, um, a graduate assistant with the University of Utah, most recently uh, working, I believe, on the defensive side of the football. He is transitioning into a role that was technically left vacant by Jeff Rudy's promotion into an associate athletic director. Mm -hmm. Uh, The day-to-day issues i think or responsibilities of what jeff rudy does probably don't change a ton um for for fry what it'll mean is he'll take over a little bit more of that and we had a question on twitter from our good friend obese turtle on his back aka at the big st std who said if you're going to mention it on lou tomorrow then i can wait but what is the purpose of this job sounds important it is. The uh, director of football operations is basically anything that doesn't have to do with the on-field practice or the game actual play is under the umbrella of director of football operations. So it's making sure that the equipment is all there and where it needs to be. It's scheduling, traveling, making sure the bus schedules and everything like that are organized. Uh, any off-the-field stuff with players, making sure that they get to, you know, Utah does have an academic staff, but really the director of football operations overshadows all of that, which is why, Utah has been so lucky to have Jeff Rudy. He mm-hmm. he is as, as great a man as you'll meet. Never get on his bad side. That was always <laughs> that was always the Rudy rule. 
but Adam Fry has been in the program. He he is he's well respected by a lot of the players, and so he'll take over. I think a lot of that day to day stuff and making sure that flight arrangements are made and and everything else. You know, if if there's uh, the Ute shoot is a big thing that Utah puts together in conjunction with the recruiting department, yep. and, and so he'll have a big role in putting that together. And it is, let me tell you, the Ute shoot is a big big deal. Uh, Upwards of 107 on seven teams come to compete. They spread them all out over all over all over across campus. Uh, if you're lucky, you can usually bribe one of the uh, uh, staff members to give you a ride around campus on the golf cart. Uh, I say bribe very loosely, but um, no, it is an important position, and I think Fry will do great there. Yeah, I, this is a, it's a it's a very important off the field role. You essentially make Kyle Whittingham's life. 10 times more simple, even though it still is very complicated for a guy like him, but you just, you are there to make sure that he, you handle the stuff that he uh, doesn't necessarily have the, I guess the emotional bandwidth or a mental bandwidth to deal with on a day-to-day basis. You just take that all off his shoulders. And yes, Jeff Rudy has been a critical part of that. Adam Friedenow steps into that. And I think it, it'll be fun to see how he does in that role. And one thing I want to add here. You don't stick around the Utah football program. Kyle Whittingham doesn't keep you around a program as long as Adam Fry has been around eight years unless you're doing something right. So congratulations to Adam Fry once again. Best of luck to him as he moves forward now as the DFO for the Utah football program. All right, Brian, um, we talk about dominance on the field for Utah in football over BYU, but there's one sport that's overshadowing that uh, with regards to the Holy War rivalry, women's tennis of all things. You think that nine straight victories is a lot. Well, let me tell you, the women's sevens team has something to show you as they beat BYU in Provo for the 12th straight time, four to two. Uh, This is one of those areas that maybe we don't pay attention to, but for sure it gives Utah fans bragging rights. And what else are we, if, if not braggadocia in our fandom, right? We are braggers. Congrats to the lady Utes, to the women's tennis team for that. Um, they did a great job, like I said, winning four to two over the Cougars in Provo, no less. Yeah, you go on the road and win. That, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty dominant run. Twelve straight victories. Congratulations to the women's tennis program. All right, Brian, and finally, before we go here, let's run down where Utah fans can find their teams in action. Let's start off with baseball. Big series this weekend. Arizona State is a powerhouse. They're one of the true powerhouses in college baseball. And guess what? The Utes. Guess who they get? The Sun Devils in baseball. And basketball. No rest for the weary as the Utah Road Warriors continue their travels in, in lands of plentiful sun. Uh, they travel to Arizona State. They'll play Friday, Sunday, excuse me, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday there um, at Phoenix Municipal Stadium. Friday night, first pitch will be at 635, Saturday at 635 Mountain Time, and Sunday at 1235. Arizona State is ranked 22nd in the country currently. They are 5-2. and two. The Utes roll into town 1-5. The lone victory being over uh, Cal State Northridge in that series. They were swept by Loyola Marymount. As this is a young team that's still looking to kind of figure things out, and, and we knew that would be the case, as uh, you know, Alex Lundberg had updated us kind of on this roster. And we'll keep our fingers crossed that they can sneak one away from the Sun Devils. 
Absolutely. Baseball and basketball, right? It'd be nice. Absolutely. It would be nice. It'd be a big win to be the national ranked team if you're the baseball program in particular. Other sports in action. Let's start off uh, tonight. We've got, we mentioned the women's tennis program. Well, they're going to be facing Stanford. And depending on when you hear this, it might be over at this point. But they face uh, Stanford at 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time in Salt Lake City. Also, women's soccer. They take on number 23 Stanford this afternoon in Stanford, California. That's a 4 o'clock Mountain Time. And then, by the way, Stanford and Utah, Apparently have a thing this weekend because women's volleyball, they also face Stanford. Uh, it'll be a back-to-back set here in Salt Lake City. First match tonight at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. And, and women's gymnastics will also be in Corvallis, Oregon on March 5th. Uh, that is today, 6 p.m. for that to close out the uh, conference play. Oregon State ranked number 23. Uh, additionally, in action on the 6th Saturday at 1 p.m., here in Salt Lake City, finally the debut of the 2021 Utah Lacrosse team at home. At long uh, at last. Game, at long last. And unfortunately, you or I will probably not be able to attend as the attendance is still being very, very limited to that. But the game will be streamed at utahutes.com for the live stream. So they're taking or on Pac12.com. Yeah, they're taking on Jacksonville, right? Correct. Yeah, Look you, at you. I trust me, I I've I I've, I've been looking around and Anybody who watches lacrosse, by the way, it's a fun sport. There's no doubt about that. And when I when I learned, and I'm just pulling back the curtain a little bit, when I found out that Utah was finally getting a lacrosse, like a Division One lacrosse program, I was like, man, you guys stru- struck where a sport that needed to be in this state that you could get a lot of, I guess, uh, what you call a market share. Lacrosse was it. So. It's fun to have Division One lacrosse in this state. Of course, they're going to become a member of the A-Sun next year alongside the likes of Air Force and whatnot. So giving them a conference affiliation will be a big part for this program. But it will be nice to finally see them it at home in Salt Lake City as they take on Jacksonville tomorrow afternoon. Absolutely, and lacrosse has caught fire here in the state locally, especially at the high school level, becoming an officially sanctioned sport. I believe it was last year, unfortunately, interrupted by the pandemic, as so many other things have been. So continuing into this year, but it it is one that just continues to grow. And, and, you know, it's Jake, it's essentially you, me, and Stanford Steve out here standing for the lacrosse team. So That's a good point. Well, we'll have some fun with it, but that'll do it for this Friday edition of the show. Can't thank you all enough. It's been another fun week talking Utah Utes all week long. We'll be back on Monday recapping whatever happens for the Utes with regards to facing Arizona State in baseball and basketball, the Stanford uh, trio of games for the other Utah athletics programs. There's plenty to recap. We'll have it all covered for you guys, and whatever else happens, we're here every day keeping you guys up to speed on everything with the Utes. Uh, Brian, any final thoughts from you on a, a final weekday edition of the show as we close out the week here? Jake, we all know that the great Yogi Berra was full of wisdom, some of the most deep, most philosophical statements of all time. We're going to close out this show with a simple one from from the great, uh, great Yogi. It ain't over till it's over. And right now, Locked on Utes is over. <laughs> there we go. That'll do it. A big thank you for your guys' support. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. Have a great weekend. This has been the Locked on Utes podcast for March 5th, 2021.